I know what you are. Say it. Say it, cat. A podcaster. <laughs> Welcome to Unnatural Selection, a podcast about the film adaptations of books, the weird decisions Hollywood makes in the process, what makes an adaptation good, faithful, and finally, what makes an adaptation good and faithful. So today, if you might have been able to tell from our different introduction, we are covering Twilight. And now, there's something interesting about this recording, folks. Uh, This is actually the second time we've recorded this episode. We did, in fact, try to record it in the woods this weekend. We tried so hard. We got so far, but in the end, it didn't even matter. So here we are in Kat's basement, re-recording this episode. Uh, I will be releasing the Woods Cut on the Moonshot Patreon, so uh, go to patreon.com slash moonshotpods, I think that's our Patreon, uh, and subscribe to hear the Woods Cut, where you do hear other campers join in on our (laughs) podcast periodically. But uh, that brings me to something else important. Today I have with me Kat. Kat, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, I'm Kat. Um, I am 30 years old, so Twilight was, I was the target demographic because I was really emotional at 14 years old. Perfect. And as always, I am your host, Emma. I use any pronouns. And let's get into it. Sweet. So, per usual, we're going to start with our synopsis. Twilight is a 2005 young adult vampire romance novel by author Stephanie Meyer. It is the first book in the Twilight series and introduces 17-year-old Isabella Bella Swan, who moves from Phoenix, Arizona, to Forks, Washington. She is endangered after falling in love with Edward Cullen, a 103-year-old vampire frozen in his 17-year-old body. Additional novels in the series are New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn, which... We may or may not cover it future <laughs> campsites. I'm really excited to get to Breaking Dawn. Oh, Lord. Just because I've never seen the last one. <laughs> if this does well, I'm going to hold off on watching it. and We can experience that together. Perfect. And here is our film synopsis. High school student Bella Swan, always a bit of a misfit, doesn't expect to life to change much when she moves from sunny Arizona to rainy Washington State. Then she meets Edward Cullen, a handsome but mysterious teen whose eyes seem to peer directly into her soul. Edward is a vampire whose family does not drink blood, and Bella, far from being frightened, enters into a dangerous romance with her immortal soulmate. So, one synopsis got a little more detailed than the other, but I mean, that is basically what happens. Kat, if you want to walk us through the plot of Twilight, what happens... Man, this see it really sucks because I feel like I did so well summing it up in the woods. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, it's just so that people who may not have read the book can get a, a feel for what actually happened. Right. Um. So basically, it is about Bella, who is a transplant to to Washington and kind of hates it until she meets the hot young vampire dude, and they fall in love. Yeah. Uh, for a little bit more detail, she gets there. She clearly hates it, but is, you know, having a good... Making the best of it. Making the best of it. Uh, she makes friends. 
three of them are madly in love with her, the way teenage boys <laughs> who meet someone new is. I, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Edward thinks she's gross, or so Bella thinks. Uh, she has a crisis about it because she thinks he's hot. Uh, she figures out he's a vampire once he starts talking to her. She's like, something's off here. Goes on a beach trip with her friends. She runs into childhood friend Jacob. Uh, who is younger than her, but is It's very like, much kid brother vibes. Yeah, and is like, hey, tell me why you hate the Cullens. And she's like, great, they're vampires. And she's like, Edward, I'm into you. You're hot. I know what you are. And he's like, please stay away from me. I'm dangerous. And she goes, mm, don't really care. It's still hot. <laughs> um, and they go on several weird little dates. He introduces her to his family. <clears throat> they play baseball. She starts getting hunted by other vampires that show up. As, it's a wild as you chase. do. And then they go to prom, and that's the plot of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to get into the discrepancies, and you know what? I didn't bring my notes notebook with me because oh, we no. already recorded an episode, and I forgot about it. Because uh, also to add to the chaotic vibes here, <laughs> we just got done with a roller skating class, and I ate shit, listeners. <laughs> I am in so much pain right now. I landed on my funny bone. It wasn't very funny. So we're trying really hard to stay true to the chaotic vibes <laughs> that were in the woods. I did this for you, listeners. Ow. <laughs> uh, also, this episode comes out day after tomorrow, so that's fun. <laughs> chaotic is the theme of the weekend and also the week. Yeah. Uh, so where to start? Some of the, the bigger changes in this book we talked about before, which we'll talk about again because they can hear it. Not, right. not until the Woods Cut gets released, of course. And even then, still can't hear most of it, yeah. which is why we're not releasing the Woods Cut on the main feed, is Bella is a much more likable character in the book because she is actually a character in the book. Yes. She makes a lot more decisions. It is very clear that like her pursuing Edward is... like. She's interested. She doesn't care. Right. Or think he's that scary. She's just kind of a little freak. <laughs> um, and she has, like, actual relationships with her friends. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the the biggest changes in the movie. Like, her friends are still there. We get to see Anna Kendrick as Jessica. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, which we did have to listen to our friend at the campsite, talk For about half how the movie, like Anna Kendrick is so fucking hot, mm-hmm. which is true, but I don't need to hear that for an hour. Uh huh. But uh, whereas in the in the movie, her friends at Forks High School are very much like an accessory to yes, Bella. Yes. They they exist for her to have an interaction or a a plot furthering discussion or to mm-hmm. throw her into a situation. Whereas it's a genuinely charming thing in the books to watch her like make these new friends and right. get taken. They into have this like group. moments together. It's it's cute and it's endearing and it is very high school. Like at least the first like two hundred pages are her hanging out with her new friends at school yeah. and the guys all trying to ask her to the dance. Again, really relatable. <laughs> and her setting them up with all the other girls in the friend group because she doesn't want it. Yep. <laughs> Um, so I think it's genuinely like a detriment to the movie to cut that out because you lose a lot of the characterization of Bella and the background characters mm-hmm. and it takes away a lot of the the more lighthearted elements. Yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Oh my god. It's okay. Forget Damn, what we dude. already recorded. Just go, just go in. I just, I, her friends, like, also have personalities. Yes. Um, not so much the guys. The guys are all kind of the same person. Yes. To me. <laughs> but, like, there's, like, drama in the friend group. And, like, people like each other. And people dislike each other. And they, like, talk about boys and shit like that. Like... In the movie, they they really are just kind of there. Yeah, like one of the the sweetest scenes in the book is after Bella's like, no, I'm not going to the the Sadie Hawkins dance. Like, I don't want to. She turns down all the guys and directs them at other of her friends. And her friends are still like, hey, Bella, like, do you want to come dress shopping with us? Because that's what you do when you're a teenager. You go to the mall or the dress store with your friends. And you go, that one looks good. Ooh, try this one. And that's your plans for, like, the day. And, like, in the book, Bella is like, yes, absolutely. This is my plans for the Mm -hmm. day is to go hang out with my friends. Let's go. Whereas in the movie, it's an ulterior motive she has to get to a specific bookstore to research vampires to get closer to Edward. Which, like, I don't think that I would come to that conclusion of, like, okay, I think these people are vampires. I don't, I don't fully know when she makes that that leap. To be honest, it's yeah. In the in the movie, it doesn't make quite as much. Oh sense. my god! It just it happens so fast. Everything in the, movie. in the movie happens so fast. The jump cuts <laughs> and the like information that they're just like you know this, and we're like no, no, we don't. When did you? We were all pretty like. I mean, we were drinking in the woods as one does. Mm-hmm. And it but was even quite so, literally dizzying how fast it was moving. <laughs> yeah, and some of the, the spinning shots. Oh too. my god, the dolly shots were just wild. <laughs> There's so many uncomfortable close-ups mm-hmm. where it's just cutting from one person's face to one person's face, and there's no dialogue. It's just going back and, can, and forth. You can really see how bad the makeup is. <laughs> it's not this great. Is, it's really bad. It stops like right at the jaw. It's it's not it's great. Not <laughs> it's not great. My favorite is um, Laurent's makeup job because when we were watching it, and I think in like previous viewings I've had where I was just live tweeting it, I have called it a hate crime. Because he's it's, like, at like, least it's a microaggression. Be, right. They're like, all the vampires have to be pale, so we're going to paint them a little paler. And the the dude is gray. He's straight up gray. Mm-hmm. It's so rude. Mm-hmm. And you can even tell through the like blue filter how like like patchy and gray he is. Yeah, yeah. They mm. not great. <laughs> I am. I am for the listeners. I am a cosmetologist. I studied hair and makeup. And I do hair professionally. So I notice all of these things in movies. Like, I can't watch the first Thor movie. Like, I have to listen to it because, like, his wig just bugs me. What do you think of Jacob's wig? (laughs) You know what? It's better than the second movie. The second movie is even worse. Oh, no. I'm looking forward to next Christmas, Max (laughs) Duck. It's also Bella's wig in the next movie because she, like... Kristen, uh, I almost called it Kristen Wig. Uh, Kristen's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, such a different movie. 
Um, Kristen Stewart cut her hair oh, to right. play um, Joan Jett in the, it was like, I forgot what it was called, but she yeah. played Joan Jett. She cut her hair into this like really cool shag and then she had to wear a wig for Twilight. And then also um, Nikki Hale, who plays Rosalie. Because they bleached the shit out of her hair. Right. So it started falling out. Yeah. (laughs) So she was like, I'm not doing this again. We're doing a wig. Yeah, there are some fascinating choices made on this set. And like some of them make more sense when you find out that the whole thing was filmed in under 50 days. Yeah. (laughs) They had like no time. It was very small budget for a movie of this scale Mm -hmm. as well. Which makes sense. But also like... They cut so much. So the fact that even with under 50 days, there's so much that clearly they have filmed because it is referenced in scenes that we see, but we never Mm -hmm. see those scenes. And like the bonus features on the DVD had five deleted and extended scenes. And apparently there are like 11? 12. Oh, Lord. There's 12. There's There's, so many. There's 11 that you and I haven't watched. (laughs) Because we did watch one of the extended scenes, or at least tried to. We watched one, and then afterwards we screamed that we weren't strong enough. Mm -hmm. And then we... Because we weren't listeners. Yeah. We we had consumed so much Twilight this weekend while we were at Magstock, which also for people (laughs) who don't know what Magstock is, it's the music and gaming uh, festival's summer camping edition. Yeah. Uh, one of the touch best. grass edition. Yeah, the touch, literally touch grass edition of the music and gaming festival. Um, it's an important distinction to make in a post MAGA world. I I know my right. friends are constantly like, "Excuse me, you're going to what?" It's Magsock was also pretty fun watching Twilight. Um, just because everybody is around my age, so like late twenties early to mid to even late 30s. So we were watching it on a projector at our campsite and people were like, is that fucking Twilight? And, and they just like, joined us. Yeah. Like, yeah people were like checking in on like how we were doing with the books because we did finish the books. Yeah, we were still reading uh, the books while we were uh, at camp. I have photographic evidence. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably put it on the Twitter yeah. when I release this episode, just so that they know we, we weren't lying about being in the woods. We, we did, will in release, fact, touch grass. We will release the woods cut. I promise <laughs> you. I promise you the woods cut will be released. Um, wherein you can hear one of the only intact audio sections of Kat talking about her harrowing experiences being asked to prom. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about that now, because it's just really funny to me. Yeah, so for, for context relating to the book and the movie adaptation, there's two dances in the book. There's the Sadie Hawkins dance, which is the one that her friend Mike, her friend Eric, and her friend Tyler are all trying to ask her to. Tyler is sort of her friend in that he almost hit her with his truck and feels guilty about it. And is <laughs> trying to make amends by asking Bella to ask him to the dance. Right. Which is also... One of the funniest scenes in the book, and they don't put it in the movie. I wish they put it. And basically the scene is Edward stops his car in front of Bella's truck while she's trying to leave school. So she is trapped there, and Tyler is in the car behind her, and he gets out of the car, and Bella's like, hey man, I'm sorry, like, fucking color isn't moving. Edward, like, traps him so Tyler can ask her to the dance. Because he wants to see what's 
going to happen. And that's another thing with, like, Book Edward is kind of, like, he's kind of funny. He's way chiller and funnier, and he's just kind of a little shit. Like, that kind of stuff, I'm like, that's a little, like, that's a little, like, charming. Like, he's messing with, I don't want... Charming is the right word. It, It makes him more charming. It makes you understand more why they are... Because in in the book, he is, like, simultaneously holding back vomit and white-knuckling the side of the table while also just creaming his pants, like... In in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, in the movie. It's it's a directorial choice. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a directorial choice. Oh, yeah. Um, As I was researching this, Robert Pattinson almost got fired from... Uh, Twilight on multiple instances because he <laughs> insisted on playing Edward extremely broody and moody, and they actually had to highlight in the script where he was supposed to smile so that he wouldn't forget to do it. <laughs> so the reason we have this like image of pop culture Edward as this broody, terrible man is because of Robert Pattinson. He is like very good at brooding. I do he love is very him good at brooding. <laughs> Yeah, he makes a great Batman. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Book Edward is kind of a little shit. He's negging her a lot, but it goes both ways. Like, Bella is yeah. also giving him shit right back. Yeah. And, like, in the kind of way that teenagers do. You like, know you what? each other. I, I would kind of, like, if I did have a crush on a guy, I would kind of make fun of them a little bit harder because all my friends were guys. Mm-hmm. And I just made fun of all of them. I was like, I'm going to single this one out a little bit more. Because I think he's cute. (laughs) Right, exactly. Sorry, Chase. I I didn't mean it. I thought you were cute. Um, Can you tell that this episode is being recorded in person, which is creating a whole different energy than normal as well? It's a whole dynamic. (laughs) My arm hurts so much. (laughs) I am in the woods. I bruise my pinky and it still kind of hurts. You understand. It's <laughs> unhinged. It's chaotic. Um. So like we're saying, like you, it's it's a very teenager way of flirting yeah. and teasing in a way that's extremely charming in the book. And it's like, all right, mm. I kind of get this. Um. And it's very funny that Edward has like seen all these guys ask Bella out and knows yeah. Tyler's about to, and makes sure that he has the opportunity because he wants to see how <laughs> Bella will react. Yeah. And she's just so fed up by that point. <laughs> But yeah, so similar thing happened to me where, so in the, in the, in the book, Tyler asks her to the, the, the Sadie Hawkins dance and she turns him down. And then he's like, well, there's always prom. That actually happened to me and I will never get over it. This also happened at Katsukon 2009. Just to, I didn't tell you that. It's a whole nother, like, level to the story. So I was like... So I got asked to prom by this guy named Matt. And I said yes, because we were very clearly heavily flirting. It was like, ooh, mm-hmm. you play guitar, I play guitar, ooh. And then, like, the next day, it was this guy, Tristan, and I did not like him. And I have a very, like, easy-to-read bitch face. And he asked me to prom. I was like... Yeah, no, Matt already asked me. And then he said, oh, well, what about next year? 
And I was like, what the, what the fuck, dude? Who does that? And then I left the room. Which is fair. Just left that hotel room. Um, I was like, I'll, I'm going to go to the dealer's room right now. I can't handle this. But they basically cut the entire uh, Tyler insisting on prom storyline. Which, like, I get it's not, like, an important B-plot, but it does It shows so personality much. for both of them. Yeah, it does so much to characterize everyone you see in this book. And I think mm-hmm. the movie could have used a little bit of levity and a little bit of showing that the friend group is actually friends. They, they try so hard to show that Bella and Edward are into each other. Like, very intensely. But, like, there's no... It just doesn't feel natural. There's no build-up. In the book, you get them going on, like, several weird little dates. You get them sitting together at lunch. Not even, like, date dates. Like, some of them are just, like... He picks her up for for school. Yeah. And they talk in the car for a little bit. They, like, met in, like, a place together or some shit like that. Yeah. Which I've had kind of dates like that, honestly. Yeah, and it really, like, builds up their relationship. They ask questions about each other. That is something we didn't talk about before that I think Mm -hmm. is really important, is how much of this book is Edward asking Bella questions about herself. Yeah. And you don't get any of that in the movie. It's entirely, like, this is about Edward, whereas it's very clear, like, in in the book, like, Edward wants to get to know her. He thinks mm-hmm. Bella is in, an interesting person because she is human and, like, she has interests in right. different things. And she doesn't see herself as interesting because she's human. She sees Edward as interesting because he's something otherworldly. And, like, right. that's one of the core conflicts of the books is Edward is like, no, like, I, w- I would give fucking everything to be human again. And, like, trying to relearn his humanity to be with Bella, whereas Bella is, like, ready to give up everything. And he's like, no, dude, like, live your life. (laughs) Right. Actually have it. Yeah, like, in the book, it, or in the movie, I, it almost feels like the, the, whoever was in charge was, like, teenage girls don't care. (laughs) They just want to know more because they're, like, we're seeing it all through Bella's lens. We're all Bella, and we just want to know more about Edward. Which is fascinating to me because the director of Twilight also directed 13, which, personally, I haven't seen, but I've read about. I've heard very good things. It is, like, uh, uh, it was either Sundance or Cannes Film Mm -hmm. Festival favorite, and it is all about, like, being a teenage girl going down the wrong path, and it delves, Mm -hmm. like, really deep into, like, female friendships and, like, how they're not always great and, like, problematic, like, the darker side of, like, being a teenager and growing up. So it's, it was, I know, an edgy movie for the time, but also a little bit more nuanced about it. Right. So for this movie to be so cut and dry, like, hmm, let's focus on being just, like, super into this guy and with Mm -hmm. nothing else going on for this girl, head empty, no thoughts. (laughs) Uh, when Bella is, like, it, she was an AP student at yeah. her old school. She has, like, already taken all these classes She she's in. We don't get any of that. They kind right. of hint at it in the, the biology scene where they're working on the lab together because Bella knows all the answers. Yeah. But you don't get her. Oh. <laughs> the Rude. Here, I'll turn it off. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's, like, one of the main differences is that 
you don't actually learn anything about either of them in the movie. Yeah. It, the movie is very much a show don't tell, but in the worst way possible. Yes. Of they're not showing the right things to build this up. They, they're showing... Mm-hmm. They're very much going, see, they like each other and are meant to be together. Look at the way they stare at each other and make out. But that's not, but that, that doesn't give us a why. Why? That's just because they're horny teens. Yeah. That, but, I was a horny teen once. Like, yeah, I did not marry the, either of those guys I dated in high school. Yeah, and it's like... It doesn't give us a why for why they're interested in each other other than they made eye contact and they're the protagonists. Yeah. And, like, the, the the book is guilty of that a little bit, but they still make an effort to show it. Like yeah, the, just the a little bit. It's very clearly, like, okay, in this universe, there are soulmates. Carlisle is so sure of it. Like, he is so happy that Edward has finally found his. All the vampires are soulmates. I love that Carlisle just flubbed it up the first time. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's so funny to me. Yeah, the movie also takes away like all the backstory of the vampires. Yeah. You, you don't learn anything about Edward's family. You don't learn why they're together as a unit. You don't learn their dynamic at all. You get pretty much just how did he become a vampire? Yeah. And that's it. it. We're like, Carlisle has a pretty interesting backstory. Yeah, um, very interesting. That, like, really shapes the way they all interact with mm-hmm. each other in, like... Carlisle's backstory gives the justification for why don't these vampires eat humans. Yes. And you are just, like, left wondering in the movie, like, where's the justification? Just are they just weirdos. supposed to be inherently good? Like, what's the deal here? Whereas, like, in the yeah. book you learn, like... Carlisle was the son of a a priest and like all of them really did have struggles when they first became vampires with like are they are they going to give in and like eat humans yeah um and let's see we get we get Edward's backstory (coughs) uh Rosalie's uh Jasper's and Carlisle's throughout the series. Um they all really do have like an interesting struggle and they do I mean spoiler alert, they do all kind of give in at least a little bit. Yeah, but it, it like shows a lot about their character also. Yeah. Like there's a lot of tie-in from like how they became <laughs> about like how they became a vampire with like who they it really informs who they are as, like, after becoming vampires. Once you, like, like Esme learn about especially, them. Yeah. it's, like, a very... Like, they talk about how everyone's, like, enhanced... You get, like, an emotion or a skill enhanced yeah. from your time living before. And, like, they talk about... Esme's skill is, like, she's so incredibly motherly. Mm-hmm. And loving. And, like, it doesn't matter who. Like, she immediately takes on the mother role. And you learn it's because she died after having a failed pregnancy. And it, like, broke her heart. Right. So the fact that she has this family now, like, that is her skill. That is her power. Yeah. And I also think that it's not something that's always treated as a power either. So it's nice that they mm-hmm. actively frame it like that. Right. I just... 
I wish there was more backstory for, like, everyone. Yeah. It... And it doesn't have to be a lot. And it doesn't even have to be, like, especially with the vampires, you're kind of stuck with them Mm -hmm. for four books, five movies, like... But the fact that they don't touch on Alice's at all when that is, like, the climax of the book. They completely change the ending because the ending, like... Um, basically one of the vampires that has, like, shown up in their territory, a vampire that does eat humans, has decided, hmm, Bella looks like a snack, and (laughs) not in the way Edward thinks she does, (laughs) and starts hunting her, and there's this, like, whole cross-country chase, and he tricks her into being alone, and it's revealed that, like, he is the reason Alice became a vampire Mm -hmm. in the first place. And, like, she gets to learn her past because she yeah. has no memory of it. She has no idea how she became a vampire. Right. They also cut out in the climax. Like, once, like, the whole chase starts ramping up, they cut out so much stuff. that So I, much stuff. I wish they just put it in. Do we want to get into the other vampires a little bit so we can talk about the climax and you, stuff? Yeah. Let's do it. Um. So one of the better things that they added into the movie, because they, they sure cut a lot. Yeah. But sometimes they added a couple things that worked. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of them. Some things they added just, worked, did not a couple, work. A couple of things worked. Um, I I really do love how, like in the book, the uh, the three like evil vampires will say just kind of show up. Like, oh, we heard you guys playing baseball. We want to join in. Um, and then suddenly. Like, we're hunting humans now. Um, in the movie, you see, oh, there are some animal attacks, but it ends up, it's be, it's those three vampires that are, are actively hunting, and it's kind of like a little B-plot that also involves Charlie, Bella's dad, so now he has something to do, which is kind of keep people safe from from wild animals like it there's more buildup. yeah it you know it's coming from earlier on it creates a conflict that is not just bella and edward negging each other right. <laughs> um and it gives charlie more to do than just be dad trying his trying his damn a cab though i have a cab a cab I do have a note somewhere in here where, like, Charlie hoverhands his own daughter at one point. I think it's, like, when he's taking her home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's just the funniest fucking thing to me. <laughs> and it's very clear he is, like, just kind of thrust into being, like, a full-time dad. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do about it. He's- oh, absolutely not. There's some inconsistent characterization of Charlie throughout the book, but a lot of it does stem from he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, like, do I am I uh, um, do I start like at zero or do I just rev it up to a hundred? And there's no like in between. Yeah, whereas in in the movie he's just kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> they just made him kind of a dick, like a the kind of dad that interviews his daughter's new boyfriend with a shotgun in hand. Right. Which that's not what he's like. In the book, he's a little salty about it because he's like, "Isn't that, mm, isn't that Cullen boy a little too old for you?" And she's like, "He's literally We're the in my same grade." Age. But how long has he been the same age, Cat? <gasps> <Ooh. laughs> 
Um, yeah, I... I don't know where we go with that. Um, But yeah, so distracted. (laughs) But so you get a lot of cool buildup and B-plot that's kind of interacting here. And it builds into this big chase, which... They cut out so much in the the chase that I'm like... One of the best parts of the book is Mm -hmm. the scene at the airport. They have, like, realized... That the vampire hunting her is coming to Arizona where they've hidden her Mm -hmm. and they're going to meet Edward at the airport and Bella... And Bella's not in the conversation. Like, they're not letting her be in the conversation. At at all. all. She's trying so hard to Mm -hmm. be part of the conversation. Whereas in the movie, she's just like, okay. Yeah. She just goes with it. I'm like, fuck no. I would... It's my life. Yeah, dude. And like, even the plan they end up going with, they go with it because Bella forces them to. Uh She's like, no. And it's it's such a good moment with um, Jasper and um, Alice looking at the different destinations they can go to to try and evade him. They're like, we, we can go to New York, but we can't for this reason. Or we can go to, to uh, Chicago, but mm-hmm. we can't for this reason. And Bella thinks that the vampire has her mom. Yeah. He has, he has called her. And she thinks he has her mom is and is going to kill her mom if mm-hmm. she doesn't show up to this ballet studio. And she in freaking, she's like, so tired of putting Scottsdale. other people in danger. Like, it's not... I don't know the geography of Arizona. I've lived in Maryland my whole life. I don't know what's out there. <laughs> um, but the, the cab driver is like, that's like a 20-minute drive and she's like here's some here's some money let's fucking do it Mm -hmm. like she is like in control but it's such a good scene when she sees them like not including her in her own fate yeah and putting themselves in danger which is Mm. something she hates she keeps asking them to like she's like why am i important right stop trying to protect me like i'm just a guy (laughs) yeah i'm just some idiot dude yeah um but she Knows her way around the airport. She's very familiar with it. She's like, I'm going to go to this bathroom because there are two exits, which is like, little 12-year-old me, when I read that scene, my jaw dropped. I was like, there's two exits. Oh, my God. Literally me reading it while we were in the woods. I was like, two exits, you say? It's so good. And, like, she's like, Oh, I'm gonna use the bathroom. Can Jasper come with me? Because his power is to like affect your mood. And she's like, Oh, I'm just feeling so anxious about everything that's going on. Jasper can't go with her to the bathroom. Um, and Alice knows the future, and they're like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense if you're anxious. All according to Bella's Keikaku. Yep. <laughs> It like it's such a good scene. I love that scene so much. It's a really good scene, and she does it. She gets away. She gets to the ballet studio, mm-hmm. and I think this is one of the moments where the adaptation shines. Yeah, it, it uses the medium of film very well. Like yeah. a whole budget had to have gone to this one scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, where, like, so much like fight. panes of of like mirrors. Just yeah. breaking everywhere. Yeah, the final fight is in this ballet studio that is just absolutely covered with wall-to-wall dance mirrors, mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. The, the my brother did point out like the the architecture, the windows and stuff. It's very church-like. 
mm-hmm. which always I love a good like I love a good church fight scene. Yeah, it it looks just stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gorgeous, and we actually get to see the fight, which yeah. is something we don't because because the book is in first person. It's just Bella kind of going in and out of consciousness, so you don't see anything. But it's a good fucking fight. You see how hard Edward is, like, fighting for her. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so good. And how hard he's fighting to control himself, too. Which, they never explain the vampire venom in the movie. They just expect you to know what's going on. Right. That's another (laughs) thing I wish they put in the movie, just to get some context for, like, how this all works. Why he's sucking. Yeah, why he sucking? Why that mouth do? <laughs> you heard of what that mouth do? Now why that mouth do? <laughs> it's true that they're just like you gotta suck it, the the venom out of Bella's like what is it her arm or her leg her arm her arm and like there's no context for like if you're like new to everything it's like what what venom like what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that is a very good scene and a good use of adapting the material. They they took that scene and they went, okay, we can do this visually now. Let's make it sick as fuck. (laughs) Dude, and then like (laughs) Alice jumps on top of James, one of the bad guys, and Mm -hmm. fucking rips his head off. Which, that has stuck with can me. Can you imagine how so satisfying long. that would be if we'd known oh. he was the reason Alice was a vampire? Right? Can you imagine? <laughs> oh God! It's a really, it's a really good scene. It's it's interesting to see. I wish, like, I don't wish I watched all the deleted scenes. <laughs> like, I don't. You know what's a scene that I I do kind of like and kind of just just adds to like. Bella being part of something way different and way bigger than what she's used to is when they're leaving Forks and she like sees like all her friends like hanging out having a good time like leaving a restaurant yeah and she's like I'm fighting for my life here yeah that is a good contrast the kind of slow-mo shot yeah of, like Eric stepping that one always party. like sticks with me yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is her moment of separation from being, like, a normal teen girl. Yeah. Going back a little bit further, let's talk about, like, she fucking crushes her dad. Just spiritually. Oh, my God. Emotionally. It's so bad. Yeah, like, she doesn't do it as hard in the movie. But in the book, in the she book. uses, like, word for word the things her mom said when she was leaving her dad in order to, like, justify her running away. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she's trying her damnedest to make a plan And he's that he's works. also just being really, like, as he should be, very forceful. Like, no, like, stay here. We'll figure it out. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, he just thinks this is, like, a bad breakup happening. Mm-hmm. And then she says those the, the words that he heard when his wife was leaving him and it just stopped him dead in his tracks and you really just you feel for the guy a cab a cab but it's you feel for him it's 
devastating. Yeah. And it's like, at least the movie makes an active line about Bella going, man, I need to go apologize to dad, like, right now. <laughs> yeah, that the does book, not they happen just kind of skip book. over it. The book, they're just kind of like, ha, 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 ha. Our teens, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oof. That's I I kind of wish that she did go as hard in the movie as she did in the book. I think it would have been good. I think Kristen Stewart could crush that. She she does have the range. She has. She's a great actress. She is. And like Robert Pattinson is also a really good actor, I, just not in I this. really love Robert Pattinson. Like The Lighthouse. Mwah. I still need to watch it. I need to watch it. That's um, what we're doing after we <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna eat pizza gonna... and watch the lighthouse. Yes. <laughs> um, I love him in Batman. Like I'm a Batman nerd. I love Batman. Um, I think he's great in it. Very good, like a year or two kind of brooding but hasn't figured it all out and he pulls it off so well mm-hmm. this movie is not it movie, for either of them this one it ain't it ain't hit chief <laughs> oh, um, i i very much love that robert pattinson definitely did this for a paycheck from what i understand he was in harry potter he got that harry potter money goblet of fire was a hit obviously and uh, he got like a Plus big. J.K. Rowling, by the way. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Fuck turfs. But Goblet of Fire was a hit. In case you were wondering, listeners, I will never fucking cover Harry Potter on this show. Just so you know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, continue. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I've, I've actively told people who have asked. I've said no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, he um he got that Harry Potter money and he wanted to make a music career. And he does have a song on the soundtrack, and it's completely unintelligible. I didn't realize that he'd composed Bella's Lullaby. He did. He's actually, like... The, the song yeah, where not he's, a, not he's singing, not, it's good. He's not a terrible musician. It's just, like, you don't quit your day job. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack of this movie slaps. It Best slaps thing about so it. hard. Um... Haley Williams didn't have to do that for us, but she did. But she did. She fucking did. Um, Um, But yeah, he uh, blew all his money trying to have a music career, so he really needed Twilight. (laughs) Yep. And it shows. Yeah. Um, Uh, Speaking of the soundtrack, the baseball scene, Supermassive Black Hole. Oh, my God. Incredible scene. Very fun. Very campy. My, My one... My one nitpick, <laughs> as it were, <laughs> is that it makes a point in the book to be like Alice's pitching was so minimal and effortless. It was like the tiniest flick of a wrist. My girl is doing gymnastics in the movie. Oh my god, she, she brings her kick. leg up to like. She is in the Radio City Rockettes on absolutely. The mound. It is. <laughs> I know they make a point of her being like. Like pixie like and like very. But you don't have to go yeah, that far. That's a little you don't too have to much. Go that far to make her the weird too girl. much. <laughs> we are both the weird girl. We understand. That's oh too my much. god! Yeah, it's very easy to be a the weird girl in a private school that's like five hundred students. Fair. And even I wouldn't do that uh, shit. <laughs> I was I was the weird girl in that. It was, like, 2007, and it was still not cool to be into anime. 
Oh, they're home. Hi, Walter. My dog goes porking. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really easy to be the weird girl, but this is a little too weird. Yeah. Did you have, like, a not like other girls face? Probably. Mm. I don't know. I feel, I, I absolutely did. I, like, definitely did in that I hated pink for a while. Right. <laughs> and, well, to be <laughs> I mean, and part of it, I'm not like other girls because I'm not girl anymore. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> I'm only sometimes girl. <laughs> I'm not like other girls. I'm only like a girl part of the time. Yeah, I'm not like other girls. I'm not a girl. <laughs> not get a woman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in my defense, I was right. Yeah. No, I definitely had, like, a not-like-other-girls phase where, like, I was, like, like, a little babby emo girl that was, like, pretty sheltered and, like, all my friends were guys, which is always, like, a... If all your friends are guys, it's, like, the mid to late 2000s, you absolutely... We're not like other girls. Oh. You definitely had that phase. Absolutely. I constantly think about Lauren Yu telling me that I was like catnip to nerd boys. <laughs> it it's it kind of sucks. It, <laughs> it, really does. Does. it really does. But like <laughs> Bella been being, in high school. <laughs> Bella being like an outcast. Or not like an outcast, but like a fish out of water. Yeah. I was like, oh the fact that, that they're all drawn that's to her. Me. And she's just like, I don't want this. Why I don't want this. Yeah. The funniest scene. I've said that about a couple of scenes. Because a couple of the scenes are genuinely funny. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, this is another big change that we were going to talk about anyways. Is when she's trying to flirt with Jacob to get information Oh my god. Him, we were talking he... about, like, how did you flirt as... Like, in in the car, mm-hmm. we are like, how did you flirt as a, as a dummy little teenager? The answer was badly. I... After, like, a middle school or, like, early high school, I just stopped trying because I was like, this this is what you get. I don't know. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Um, but, yeah, let, let's talk about Jacob. And as we transition into talking <clears throat> about Jacob, uh, just, uh, as we all know, it's really, really bad it's not representation. The best. Yeah. Uh, the quillet. I, can I just say, I never knew how to say Quileute as, like, Mm -hmm. when I, I read this book when it came out, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what the fuck is that word? Yeah, the Quileute tribe has made it very clear that they fucking hate Stephanie Meyer, they never got any of the money from anything, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of misrepresentation, there is a website, um, Twilight vs. Truth, uh, which is run by, I believe, one of their museums on the reservation. And I will do some more research into it, and I will make sure to link that in the show notes just so that you can, you know, have that resource to be like, hey, it's not great representation. Right. Here's, like, Also, like, Taylor Lautner's, like, a full-on white dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> just fucking blows my mind. He's just tan. He's just, like, tan and has black hair. So... When, when we were in elementary school... <laughs> One of my best friends, Evan, uh, looked exactly like little Taylor Lawner. Oh, really? You know, like Shark Boy level. Oh, um, Shark Boy. So everyone's like, oh my god, Taylor Lawner. And they would call him that. <laughs> and like, oh, Evan's man. half Indian, but not the kind that. <laughs> oh, no. He's like he's half like, South Asian. Yes. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's so awkward. <laughs> yep. yep. When I was when I was a teenager, like middle schooler, reading this book, seeing the movie. This is a very I've I have mm-hmm. I've had a similar thought about Lord of the Rings. Okay. <laughs> Where I'm like, I only fit into the description for one of these groups. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I like wolves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the Lord of the Rings thing is um the the elves are like so pretty, but like I'm short and like kinda hairy. And I'm like, ah, I can't be an elf. I gotta be a dwarf. <laughs> that's, that's a true fact. That's a true thought I had as a fifth grader. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> it's, middle school is weird. Middle, middle school's school, bad. Early high school. <laughs> middle school's bad. Um, but yeah, so in the book, Jacob is younger. He isn't her childhood friend. He's the younger brother of her childhood friends. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, like, no love interest vibes in the first book. Yeah. He's just a kid brother. Like, he's clearly super into her, but she's just, like, not. But she can tell he's into her. Right. And that he has more information about the Cullens and what might be weird about them. Mm Because Bella knows that something's up. Yeah. She knows. So she, like, takes him on a little walk and tries really hard to flirt with him. And it's so clear that she's, like, it's such a good character moment for Bella. Right. Because she's trying her fucking damnedest. It's her and being it's a little clever, but also, like, <laughs> Still damn. so awkward. But it, it works, and she gets the story. Yeah. And I like that, like, Jacob obviously, like, becomes, like, a big player in the series. But he doesn't believe in any of the stories that his dad has told him. Yeah. Like, and his dad clearly does believe. But mm-hmm. Jacob himself, he he thinks they're just dumb little stories, and his it's kind of silly that his dad believes in them so fiercely. Yeah, and, like... So he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I get... I get why... This is one of the easiest changes to pinpoint why they did it for the movie, why mm. they, like, aged up and hotted up Jacob. <laughs> they tried to make him more appealing mm. and, like, make him oh, more... Oh, the merch sales, no. too, by playing up the... the the love triangle. Jacob versus Edward kind of thing. But the thing is, at the time I they started... I did have a Team Edward pin oh with, God. um... I think me and my friend, like, went to Hot Topic and went splitsies on a pin back. And I ended up with the Edward pin. And I think it's still on my P-code at home in my parents' house. Oh, my God. I'll see if I can find it. Um, But the, the reason they they knew to play this up so much mm-hmm. is that at the time uh twilight went into production new moon had already been released mm-hmm. uh new moon was published i think the same year or the year before yeah something like that so even if it hadn't been quite published by the time twilight went into pre-production they, they would knew have known what was what was coming next yeah um which is something i think in the books we talked about this a little bit uh in the woods cut that it seems like Stephanie Meyer doesn't exactly know where she wants to go with the story until maybe, mm-hmm. like, the last 50 pages. Yeah. It's like she sets up a few things for a, a just-in-case she decides to write a second book. So Some, like, safety nets in there. And you can see that in, like, the last 50 pages, she knows what she wants to do next. Right. And she, like, is dropping Easter egg after Easter egg and bringing things back up that she wants right. to mention later. 
Which, I mean, is kind of cool, honestly. You don't always know where you're going with a book. Yeah, I've never tried to write a book, but that's... I've Sounds about right. Sometimes the book <laughs> tells you where it's going. I used to write songs because I was a very emotional teenager. Right. Part that of the knew how to play to guitar. this is because when you said that you were emo, it cut out the sound and the oh, people no. needed to know. <laughs> I was such an emotional teenager that I wrote a lot of songs and... I, I'm, I'm not a, uh, very good composer, so it would just, I, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Ain't that <laughs> just the way? <laughs> just writing down feelings, see where it gets us. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that makes that change make sense. I'm mm-hmm. bummed out that in the prom scene, we don't get Jacob stealing Bella for a dance. Right. I like how awkward it is. In in the book that like she's got the boot. She's yeah, got she's got leg. she got the little boot on. Um, I like that like Edward picks her up, puts like puts her feet on his feet, and they are like dancing. And it looks so beautiful and elegant and graceful. And then she talks with Jacob, and they dance a little bit. And literally all they can do is just sway side to side, not even like stepping, just. <laughs> Just swaying. It's really funny. And I I like the contrast, honestly. The contrast is good because it also presents, like, the the future conflict of Bella has this option to be a more normal teenager. Mm-hmm. Even if Jacob isn't a normal teenager. Right. He will still age like she does. Yeah. And then Edward is this, like... More, I gotta stop leaning away from the microphone. <laughs> we're, just, we're gonna get the like, same problem as last time. <laughs> get this more like <laughs> ethereal thing that Edward doesn't want. <laughs> yeah, I it you get a little bit of it in the movie, but I feel like the books show more that like Edward's a little bit more forceful about like. You don't want this life. This life fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, stay human. Enjoy being human, at least for a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, I'm sure a lot of... A lot of us, a lot of listeners had to make a life-changing decision at 17. Like, this is worse than that. Yeah. This is worse than student loans. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This this is worse than me moving to Maryland. (laughs) I like living in Maryland, listeners. (laughs) We got, we got taking, like... We got crabs here. (laughs) We gotta get crabs. We got crabs here. (laughs) Welcome to Maryland. We got crabs. Um. God, I like... I got distracted because I like I'm hungry and I really love crabs. <laughs> Marylander. Yeah. Marylander. Look, born and raised. <laughs> um I genuinely I don't know. <laughs> no, okay. Edward like really wants her to appreciate being human because he he really couldn't start his life. I mean, I guess this mm-hmm. was like before like teenagers were a real thing when he died because it was like 1918 or something like that like teenagers as we know them was it exactly it's not the same not exactly the same but i but mean still, they still 
got to be like go to school and do yeah. different things <clears throat> and like especially if you were a dude you got to go to school you got to go to college 1918 great time for white dudes yeah 1918 yeah and i feel like you get that a lot more in the book because they have so many different interactions yeah. and so many moments where he's asking about her and she's learning about him she asks questions like he answers her questions when she's like all right i think you're a vampire yeah well her first theory is batman which is which really is fucking so funny, funny. um uh, i i like when they're like in the book when they're in his room and they're she's looking at all his cds and he's like talking about the different decades of music and it's all shit she listens to also yeah which is really as funny. someone with like a sizable cd collection i think my count is at like it's pretty close to 450 like i like scenes like that where they just talk about music because that's what i do yeah and it's what i've always done that is my main gig honestly and it like it adds even more to like oh, okay it's not just that they have this like inherent soulmate mm-hmm. attraction like they share a lot of interests which are weird interests for edward to share with someone since he's right. been around so long so this is new for him to have like a lot of shared interests with someone right. and it, they just rush through everything in the movie everything happens so fast and all of like the different questions that bella asks and builds up her information backlog through just like spending time with edward they like hammer in so much information during the sparkle scene. Oh my god. Ah, uh, so like I said, I read Twilight when it first came out. I ordered it through a scholastic book order. Like the little catalog, I read the little blurb, I was like, I'm sad and 13. I want to read that. <laughs> but like, oh god, where is my where am I going with like any of my tangents? Oh, shit. <laughs> Been there. I genuinely, I don't know where <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, the sparkle scene. That is not what I expected when I when I read the book and then first saw the movie. I think I saw the movie like yeah. twice in theaters, too. I always thought it was like some sort of like ethereal glow that yeah. wasn't like very clearly inhuman. And then the movie showed up, and we've all heard the the glitter jokes. Yep. It's the skin of a killer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of, like... There's some weird choices. There's some weird choices. Oh, my God. Their whole, like, character, like, or relationship development is just... They skip school in the weirdest way. Mm -hmm. I've never skipped school. I didn't know you could just walk into a forest. Just walk out. And it's chill. If it sucks, hit the bricks. In my school, your parents had to call and be like, hey, she's not coming in. But like, apparently in Washington, that's fine. They're like, that's cool. The the chief of police's kid can wander off in the woods with the weird kid who lives out of town. (laughs) But like, there's the whole thing. Like after he confirms that he's a vampire, it's like, they're lying in, in some moss. And then... Oh, to lie in some moss. <laughs> and then he's like, hold on, spider monkey. And then, like, they jump from tree to tree with her on his back. And that's... And then the, the sparkle stuff. It's weird. It's not... It doesn't really establish a relationship. It just is like, 
hey, they're around each other. Yeah, and hey, can't he do cool shit? <laughs> they're certainly standing next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, so it... Yeah. The movie could have been kind of good. Yeah. Like, in a cheesy YA romance way, obviously. Which I love. Yeah. I love movies based off of, like, young adult romance. I really do. It's a fun genre. Like, Bring and, me like, back to talk reason... about Fault in Our Stars. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like, part of the reason people hate on it is because teenage girls like it. I... I feel like I fed into that a little bit. Not necessarily with Twilight, just because it was already, like, I was a fan of it. But, like, I hate that people are, like, just because teenage girls are into it, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like what you like. I don't yeah. give a shit, man. Yeah, and it, it was a fun book. Like, <laughs> I got there tired. There was a lot of anguish. I get tired near the end. <laughs> But there were parts of it where, like, I was reading it and I was genuinely right. enjoying myself. I was like, oh, this is neat. I never expected this. Is a this. fun little bit. Because uh, I'd never read Twilight before. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen the movie before either. This was my first go-around on both of them. This is like Gilmore Guys where, like, this is, this is like, I'm the person who has, like, been fully immersed in that world. And I am, like, letting you into this. <laughs> like... I'm here now. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show. Man, there's just, there's so many like weird bits in the movie that I was like, you should have followed the book a little bit. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we really want to talk about. They, they do the clothing dirty. Oh my the, God. In the movie. They could have had such ridiculous outfits. The, she goes on Stephanie Myers goes on to describe the outfits for so long and they are such unhinged outfits Edward's shirtless or Edward's <laughs> sleeveless unbuttoned button up in the sparkle scene it's so bad lives rent free in but my once head I, once I read that mm-hmm. in the book like this this as we were reading it for the podcast I could not get Morgan Wallen out of my head with his, like, mullet and, like, cut-off flannel shirts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is it. I'm in hell. I don't even like country music, but here we are. <laughs> or, like, like they all just have Bella in, like, jeans and the saddest mm-hmm. sweater the entire right. Maybe I do. Where she like has some cute outfits in the book. Like I like the the like how she wear rewears the blue shirt mm-hmm. that she knows Edward likes to go meet his parents. I like that she wears a long khaki shirt because I was like, yeah, yeah, or a uh, long khaki skirt. Yeah, because I'm like, this was definitely written by an adult Mormon woman. <laughs> yes, exactly. I actually I do like towards the end of the book when they go to prom together. Mm-hmm. She does describe um, how Alice like. Um, she does describe how, like, Alice was helping Bella get ready. It was, like, all a surprise. She gets her all dolled up and even, like, gives her these, like, high-heeled shoes, which, like, was she in a boot? In she a was boat? in a boot. Like, how does... <laughs> how? Alice? <laughs> Alice. <laughs> Come on. Buddy. Um, I, I like that just because it's such a contrast of, like, who Bella is. Like, she, she, this is not her normal 
thing. It just felt very awkward for her. Although I like her outfit in the in in the movie. It's so 2007 or 8 or whatever this came out. Mm-hmm. The I think she has like the the capri length leggings <laughs> and chucks. Yep. With the which she wasn't a boot, but like a ballet flat would have been acceptable. Yeah. It brings me back. It oh does. my god. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's also like it's it's int- I like how it, I don't know I don't know if I like it in the book actually. <laughs> um but I think it is an interesting continued character moment. Um but how how she's like Alice is putting me in a special little outfit. I, I don't know where we're going tonight and they are going to make me a vampire. No bitch, you're going to prom. <laughs> You are a high school student. You're Bella. a high school student. Edward does not want you to be a vampire. He still has to take SATs. Tyler is at your house trying to pick you up for prom. I feel so bad for Tyler, but it is so funny. <laughs> this poor dude got strung along and then like really thought he had a shot and then all this crazy stuff happens with other vampires that like Tyler is not a priority whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This poor guy. You know what? They don't talk about Edward being able to read minds a lot. Yeah, they really don't. In the don't. movie. Which, they they mention it, like, offhandedly when they're on their date. Yeah. And it's not really brought up again that he can't read Bella's mind. But I think that's such a, like, fun, continuous yeah. bit is also her fucking with him because she knows he's <laughs> listening into her conversations. Right. So, like, th- this came from me thinking, like, hey, it's, it's like, very nice in the book that she's, like, gossiping with her friends after they find out she went on a date with Edward. Yeah. And her friends are like, tell me what happened. And she's Do you like, like him? I don't know if he's into me. I don't know if I'm into him. Like, and it's she's so just good. fucking with him because she knows he's listening to the I conversations. Lo- I love that about... The- it's going back to them actually having, like, a pretty fun relationship yeah it is incredibly imbalanced in the movies like obviously there's still that imbalance of the fact that he's been 17 for so many fucking years this dude is a hundred years old no one made him be a high school student yeah so there's still that but like it's way less of a one-sided power dynamic because she she takes the fact that he can't read her thoughts and uses it. Right, it's fucking funny. <laughs> it's fucking funny. She's smart and she's funny. Oh, man. She's just fucking weird. <laughs> she's just weird and then she's like, all right, vampires bet. Like, Edward sums it up when he's like, great. So you're scared to meet my family. Not because they're a bunch of vampires. <laughs> but because you're worried they won't like you. <laughs> Which honestly is a mood. That's so That's a mood and a half. Oh my god. I I also really like like Edward could read everybody's minds, but not Bella's, but he still knows exactly like how to mess with her. Yep. Like you might as well be able to. They never say the say what I yeah, the most like iconic lines from the movie are not in the book. Yeah, and like, the movie how would be better been without seventeen. <laughs> no, it's... how long have you been seventeen? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, she but like uh, she, the but, whole... it, but it's less of a. Well, how long have you been seventeen? And more her, him being like, "I'm 17. and she just goes, "Yeah, how long have you been seventeen? <laughs> it's very. How much old are you, like, chief? <laughs> it's more confrontational, of, right? Because she knows. And he keeps trying to gaslight her. It's 
I I've like written in like sticky notes in this book. Like Edward is like neg. I literally wrote like, "Why are you negging her?" Yeah, and like, why is he gaslighting her? And it is like, it is kind of funny. Don't don't neg or gaslight anyone. But even if it's funny. <laughs> Maybe a little if it's funny. (laughs) But it's like just them kind of flirting and being fun with each other is just kind of messing with them. Yeah. I'm like working through. Yeah. I Going back to the outfits I did write, Bella describes her outfit like it's a fan fiction. (laughs) It goes on for like way too long. Yeah, because I can't think of any other big things that... Ooh, here's a thing in my notes in the book that mm-hmm. I I hate. Oh. I'm like the same age as Carlisle. <laughs> Cause you're like, oh, he's a young doctor. But I'm like the same age as Carlisle around there. And I have friends who are just now finishing up residency and they are mm-hmm. like just now becoming doctors. And that's the fucking weird thought for me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's weird. Yep. <laughs> but uh, there's a, no more like adaptation differences we want to get into. I don't. It can it can bring us to our wrap up so. questions. Yes. All right. So first things first. How faithful was this adaptation, Cat? I'm gonna. You know what? I've had some time to marinate, but like I still think I'm gonna go with the woods cut answer, where it was like. It's kind of 50-50, like, maybe a little bit more, um, like, it's like a 60% okay. faithful. Six out of ten. Yeah. Uh, is it a good adaptation? Does it use the adaptation medium well? Uh, I'm, I'm leaning more towards yes. Um... I think there are some scenes that are very, like, they really do make good use of it being a film. Um, and they they capture the feel of a lot of things. But they definitely do fail in, in a lot. This <laughs> is <just> so hard. <laughs> yep. And then last but not least, is it a good movie? It is not. <laughs> Would you believe it? <laughs> Scale of one to ten? <laughs> I'm going to say three, and that's me trying to, like, ignore my, like, nostalgia goggles. Because <laughs> I will rewatch Twilight. Like, I'm jamming to the soundtrack. I'm, like, being brought back. Like, it's fun to see the technology in it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but this was just before the iPhone yep. was a thing. But, like, it's not it's not good. <laughs> no. it's I have fun, but it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last question. If you could fix one thing in this adaptation, what's the thing you would change or fix or add or take away? How, how would you fix it? I just, I just need... I just want Bella and Edward's relationship to be more... Just be more normal. Like, Yeah, be teenagers. Show that you actually like each other as opposed to... 
want to get in each other's pants but can't because this book was written by a Mormon. Mm -hmm. Like, just showing Bella be more human and Edward trying to learn what that is. Yeah. Yeah, because that is like a core component. And also, let Bella have friends. Yeah, let her have friends. Let Bella have friends. <laughs> um, but then that brings us to the end of our episode. Kat, thank you so much for being on and for re-recording this episode with me. I know this has been a trial for us, for us both. Oh my god. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? I'm going to remember to actually say things. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Strawberry Siren. Um, there's a lot of ranting about emo shit and also accidentally becoming a hockey Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Swords and Sirens. You can see a lot of like concerts and, and con stuff that I get into. And I'm going to plug Walter Wednesdays because he's my cute little puppy and you can probably hear him pitter pattering up there <laughs> you can so indeed. he is kind of part of the podcast yeah he's filling in for cheese boy this week <laughs> he's the understudy <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um as usual you can find me on twitter at emmatsca that's e-m-a-t-s-c-a you can find the podcast at unselect pod we are a part of the moonshot podcast network and the music for the show was composed by jake loringer you can check out more of his stuff on bandcamp at amaranthine.bandcamp.com. And last but not least, as always, let us make your movie. <laughs> Just let us fix it. Yeah. getting kicked in the face at Warp Tour? Did you shatter your glasses in a mosh pit in 2007? Did you wear more studded belts than a Final Fantasy character? Then we have the show for you. We are So Emo I Fell Apart, a podcast about third wave emo, late night live journal updates, burnt hair, and everything in between. Join us every second Saturday as we examine major moments in the history of emo and keep you updated on current events. Because it was never a phase.